0: Recapping the top story, disciplinary proceedings against suspended independent police investigative director Robert McBride has been put on hold by the Labour Court in Johannesburg. Headlines at one thirty.
1: Otherwise on SAFM.
2: And a very good Friday to you, Mzanti. Welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Shadow Twala is my name, Hazel Makouzen is my producer, and Derek Fordyce is our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, Tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twala. Now, Rena Liebenberg is a co-author of We Are the Champions, the first ever publication about the champion trees of South Africa. We go between the pages with her. And renowned author, gardening author, Jane Griffiths, says it's time to think about planting our spring and summer vegetables. Where to begin, she tells us. We talk to actress and director Chogun Jinga about celebrating, theatre legend, Bonnie Simon. And finally, artistic director of PAKOS invites us to the Soweto Theatre for the play Masote's Dream. But first, our lunch bite for today, and obviously it's inspired by the fact that it's Mandela Month, and we get inspiration from his quotes. And he says, we must use time wisely and forever realize that the time is always ripe to do right. What counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived. It is what difference we have made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead.
3: Otherwise,
4: on SAFM.
2: What a coincidence that we make that announcement on the day that we speak with my guest, Erna Liebenberg, who is a co-author, together with Enrico Liebenberg, of We Are the Champions, the Champion Trees of South Africa. A very beautiful coffee table book. And she joins me now. Erna, hello. Welcome and thank you for your time. Hello, Shadu. And and hello to your uh, listeners as well. And thank you for coming into our Johannesburg studios. Only my pleasure. We really appreciate this. What a beautiful book. Thank you. Now, you've gone on a journey. I mean, I looked at this book, and I, I, was, I, was, I, I was inspired to take the GPS, the <laughs> coordinates, and go visiting all these trees around the
1: country. Well, I think that's exactly what we hoped for. We are really trying to spread the awareness and make people aware of the champion trees because not a lot of people are aware of them, and uh, hence the inclusion of the GPS coordinates.
2: But how, where did your journey begin? Because you were in, in the corporate world, and how do you end up, uh, just, as a tree
1: hugger to <laughs> speak, <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely um, My husband and I We retired around about 2009 um, But you know what We were too young I think To just sit and drink wine all day <laughs> So we both love uh, The natural world We both love travelling We love photography And so we started on a journey Which did not include trees at, at the time mm-hmm. uh, Afterwards uh, During 2012 we were introduced to the champion trees by a friend And we originally never planned on producing a coffee table book But we, d- we determined that a lot of the information was getting lost every year uh, Nobody knew about the project mm-hmm. We took a lot of photographs And in the end it just all came together And we decided to put together a coffee table book And spread the awareness and make people aware of the wonderful heritage we have
2: Do you know, and and I wonder why it hasn't been done before, especially as detailed as you have done it. I know we've just had a a call now, the minister saying people must please submit names of trees that they know. But um, why do you think it hasn't been done before? Because I read about the tree in Sapphire Town that was uh, a champion tree. Tell us the story. In
1: uh, around about 2003, that was when the project originally was started, the whole champion tree project by the Department of um, Forestry. Mm -hmm. This uh, this particular tree in Sophia Town, um, well, let's just say that one of the residents there wanted to cut her down. Mm -hmm. And there was huge public protests to try and save the tree, and they went to the Department of Forestry. But unfortunately, by the time they got involved, the tree had been pruned so badly that it eventually died. And that is when the whole project started with the Department of Forestry.
2: And, you know, that's the first thing we do to accommodate our buildings and our homes and, and cities. We cut down our trees. Exactly. But how how should we empower ourselves as far as knowledge of which trees uh, to cut down and which um, not to cut down?
1: Well, I think it is a very difficult question to answer, obviously, if it means the well-being of people and tree trees chunks that's going to fall on houses or damage property sometimes you have to prune the tree i don't think you always have to get rid of the tree or poison it but sometimes unfortunately you know these things happen or a strong wind blows and a tree falls over things like this happen and trees also have a life a lifespan mm. so sometimes they do end up uh, dying, and the trees, the tree trunk, you know, might fall over. Mm. Uh, it, it is it's difficult to say when you should cut down a tree and when not. I think the bottom line is just that if it it really is going to harm people uh, or property, then you know there can be a case for it. That the tree
2: was there before the property, yeah. so well. we, we must build around <laughs> it. I think if we can, <laughs> if we can, and just make sure to save it because. I look at this book and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I hope my great-grandchildren still find uh, these trees alive and, and can work around them exactly, and you know, as you look at this book, there
1: are already trees in the book that are no more no,
2: uh, some no. of the some
1: of the trees were on Table Mountain, and with a devastating fire that we had earlier this mm, year, mm. some of them have died, uh, there are some other uh, fires that's been uh, in, in other forest areas and we expect those trees to die, some of the trees in Bloemfontein seem to have inadvertently been poisoned, and some of them have died, so we are Really, honestly, trying to spread the awareness and educate people and also children
2: to preserve our heritage. You know, I said it in jest earlier and I said you're a tree hugger, but I mean, that's we always know that um tree trees and the passion around trees has always predominantly been seen as a, a white thing you know white people love trees and that yes. sort of thing yes i suppose because you grew up around trees you know when they m- created townships and those kinds of things in fact i was on air in the plane yesterday and i looked down as you dr- ride or fly over soweto it's barren yes that you know they created those homes and cut out the trees so how do we change the mindset About the importance of trees and really getting to know about them Because, you know, our our elders, because these trees, all of them have have Setswana names and Venda names and Sipedi names So those names were given because our people historically have always known about the importance of trees
1: I I think so. I, I think if we go back in history, maybe a lot of the townships are barren Because in the old days they did not have access to water Mm. So I think from that point of view You can't blame people For not having gardens And from a white perspective We grew up having gardens And trees around us Mm. But we are planning a project And we are hoping to work With a number of corporates To educate children To go around to the schools In the in different areas, take them round to these champion trees that are accessible and educate them about the importance of trees and our natural heritage. And as you said, you know, hoping that our great-grandchildren can see the same
2: things that we see today. You know, Erna, the other thing about trees is I've 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 always been so scared about what lives in the trees. You know, you find <laughs> lots of snakes in the trees. You find lots of other creepy crawlies. Now, do these trees in particular do they do they have those kinds of uh, uh, predators who uh, who inhabit them?
1: Well, I think all trees naturally have <laughs> bugs and birds. I haven't seen a snake in one yet, but I guess they also they are definitely around. Mm-hmm. But um, you know I guess it's it's part of the animal kingdom and they have to live and
2: it's part of their ecosystem And of course the birds, the birds are most important because the birds also de- de- depend a lot Our species especially in this country depends a lot on, on trees
1: Exactly, it's their habitat, they live in there, they hunt from there, they make nests in the trees you know, what will we do without them?
2: Mm. So, you've got the diameters of the trees, you've got the heights of the trees, you've got the names of the trees. How do we begin to use this particular book that you've offered us? Okay, um, the book
1: is separated into different chapters, but not necessarily by species, mm. um, And Every single tree page has got a size index which gives you the the size of the tree relative to others in the book. Mm -hmm. And then the GPS coordinates will get you there. It also tells you on every page where the tree is located, in which municipality, whether it is on public land or private land, Mm. whether you must pay an entrance fee, whether it's freely accessible. So people can honestly say, you know what, I'm travelling through Limpopo province, look at all the different trees in Limpopo, program it on the GPS and, and go
2: visit the trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's your most, what, what you believe is your most, and it's going to be difficult to answer this, but what's, what's your most awesome tree out of all of these that you think everybody ought to read about And hopefully go and visit Well I think the Ilembi tree It stands on
1: the banks of the Tugela River In KwaZulu Natal uh, In a small village And it is Just not known to anybody It is a lovely Lovely tree Um, A huge trunk diameter It's broken open You can stand in the centre of it And all the cattle are hanging around Underneath the tree And right next to the tree almost there's a school and this little ah, village and ah, nobody knows about it. Ah. Well, nobody knows that it's a champion tree. Let me put it that way. Yeah, and how? What qualifies them to be champion trees? By the way, is it because of the age? No, it's it's a number of factors. Its size, um, age comes into it. Historical and cultural importance comes into it, um, and then the size index which gets calculated as you mentioned just now with the height and the trunk diameter and the crown spread mm-hmm. that using the formula then creates a size index and if the size index is above a certain value it will qualify as a champion tree but again as I've said if it's of historical value then it might be a champion tree anyway and there's a, a panel of experts that then sit mm. and determine whether this tree will qualify as a champion tree
2: The baobab has been named uh, a lot by everybody who seems to think the baobab is the only champion tree Why is that? Why is the baobab most important and most celebrated? I think just because of its sheer size Mm.
1: and it is so well known to all of our South Africans, you know, when we travel in the bushveld into the northern parts of the country, that is what is just all over the landscape and they are just so huge and, and, and momentous that you can't miss them. I see I see one guy here opened a bar in a tree oh, yes. <laughs> well, the um the baobabs, as they get older, the trunks hollow out yeah and uh the Plotland baobab is the one that you are talking about, mm. and it's also known as the Sunland baobab. It is on uh private land, but yes they they opened a pup a pub in the um, centre of the trunk it, it is not a pub anymore but they've left you know the bar counter and everything there and you <laughs> can go inside but you now have to sit outside and have a beer if you want <laughs> and that's, that's
2: that's called the platland bar, bar the right? platland yes. platland ok so I, I'm, I'm fascinated and I want us to educate ourselves about these trees, and I want to urge everyone to go and get the book, at least to go and visit. You said some of the trees are in private land. Is it negotiable to go into those lands to to see the trees?
1: It is. On our website, um, you can fill in a a contact form, and there is a specific email address that then goes to the custodian of the champion trees who works for the Department of Forestry, Mm -hmm. and he will then coordinate the visits.
2: Okay, and are, 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 are we unique in, in, in owning these trees in South Africa, or are, are some of them f- f- other countries on the
1: continent? Uh, currently, this is the only project of its kind on the African continent, mm-hmm. but other countries such as the uh, US of and Australia and I think um, Holland and a few other European countries have similar
2: projects. But this one is the first in, in in on Africa. the continent. Correct. Do these include trees on the continent as well? Have you gone beyond South African borders?
1: No, No, not yet. One of our next projects mm. um, will be to try and go possibly to our neighboring countries, mm. uh, Botswana and Namibia, and try
2: and encourage them to start similar projects. Mm. If you really do need to cut a tree down, um, can you cut the branches and leave the actual uh, tree standing is, is it still useful that way?
1: Well again it's Depends, I think, you know, to some degree that is a very scientific question. Mm. I would suggest that if people are concerned, they contact the Department of Forestry. They have got tree climbers and experts that will come out to your house or your environment, look at the tree, and they can expertly prune so that the tree will survive. Mm-hmm. So that's the best thing to do, really. Or even your local nursery. And some of these trees are at Kirstenbosch, eh, I see. No. You no. don't have any... Customers? None in Kirsten
2: Oh, really? Yes. I just saw one... <laughs> I just saw this... Uh so, oh, this is the Fakhirchen Oak. Oh, I, th- I thought it was in Kirsten. No, in Kirsten. yes. It's in Fakhirchen. Yes. Well, congratulations so. on a beautiful book. Thank and you. And the photography is absolutely amazing. Now, who's the photographer? Is, uh, is it you or is it uh, your husband? Well, we both
1: take the photographs, but as you would have seen throughout the book, you know, he needed a model to, <laughs> to, give, <laughs> yes. to give perspective. Yes. And, and I was for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the tree on the cover, which one is it? That is a Morton Bay fig that stands in the Ardern Gardens in Claremont in Cape Town.
2: It's beautiful. You just want to go and lie on it, on <laughs> those roots.
1: Yes, it's also known as the Wedding Tree. Ah. Um, it's in public gardens, and you will find lots and lots of people taking
2: their wedding photographs there. Fantastic. Please give us that website of yours. It's championtrees.co.za championtrees.co.za Correct. I absolutely loved it, and it's available at all good bookstores. It is. I and think it's going to make... And also through our website, sorry. Yeah, I think it's going to make a wonderful present, uh, you know, because it sits beautifully on the coffee table. And now that Christmas is around the corner, I think... It's time to pack the Christmas bag.
1: Exactly. Gift <laughs> with
2: with with this one. Uh, congratulations, Anna. It's it's actually what it's such a beautiful book, and I will never look at trees uh, the same way after this. Thank I you, Shara, and thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming into our studios. Take care and congratulations to Enrico as well. Oh, I will you know, tell
1: him. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's double
2: effort here, it wasn't always alone. <laughs> no, definitely not. Thank you so much. Thanks, Shara. You take care. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. It's called We Are the Champions, The Champion Trees of South Africa by Enrico and Erna Liedenberg. And uh, you'll find it on the website uh, uh, www.championtrees.co.za. And if you're not sure, you can go to your nearest bookstore and find it. I think every home should have one. I think your children deserve it. And I think all of us uh, just need to know, especially because... You know, we use trees in so many ways We have brides and we just cut the nearest tree That we bump into And I think it is important for us to, to to look after this particular heritage When we come back I'm speaking with renowned gardening author Jane Griffith We look at uh, what to plant For spring and summer Especially uh, vegetables and, and where to begin again She joins me after this Tune out and you miss out
4: if President Kunziza wins this election, we ask him to invite his rivals to the dialogue table. That way, Burundi will have peace. National
2: Assembly Rule 53 makes provision for the removal of MPs and outlines the procedure to be followed before an MP can be removed.
3: Well, that's a um, game. doesn't feel like a game because we fly to, to Australia
1: and then we were on the same flight as the All Blacks coming back, and they played a Friday, so both of us have flown all over the
2: world. SAFM 104 to 107, South Africa's news information leader. The South African Traditional Music Achievement Awards call for nominations is closing on the 26th of July, 2015, at midnight. Don't forget to nominate your favourite artist or group by sending an SMS to 34066. SMS cost one fifty and free SMSs do not apply. For more information, please call 086-10513. The number again is O eight six one thousand five one three. Facebook fanbook page Satma Awards on Twitter it's at Satma Awards or visit www.satmaawards.co.za.
0: Otherwise, on SAFM.
2: Hello, Jane. Jane Griffiths is our (laughs) renowned gardening author. Hello, welcome.
5: Hello, Shadow. Hello from a surprisingly wet Johannesburg. We had the most surprising thunderstorm and rain last
2: night. Well, I left Johannesburg this morning and (laughs) it it, it was was scary. I had never, you know, heard so much thunder and bits of lightning. And I'm talking about four o'clock in the morning. It was scary.
5: Well, what is really odd about it? We don't normally get thunderstorms like that in the middle of middle of winter. We that is a, a, a very much a summer experience. So, it, it is wonderful. I mean, the, I mean, our garden is so happy with all the water <laughs> that came pouring down, and uh, so it is a huge treat for us uh, gardeners here to have that rain in the middle of winter. It's a treat. My, my cousin actually is visiting from Cape Town, and she says she brought it up with her. <laughs> we
2: boast about our power to, to control yes. the weather in Cape Town I was going to say that your garden must be smiling at you Because it, it is so rare And what, what, what has been smiling the, 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 the widest for you Because what have you just planted that would have it, it just welcomed the rain
5: absolutely well i've been busy you know even though it's the middle of winter um we, it's time to start thinking about our summer and spring gardens which is surprisingly just around the corner mm-hmm. uh and even though well in 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 Joburg it's uh, it's a little it's too cold outside to start Putting seeds into the ground, Mm -hmm. but the way you can get a head start on your spring garden, and this applies to other gardens as well, that even if your garden, even if you've got warm enough weather to plant seeds outside in your region, your garden is full of winter vegetables and there's no space for summer plants or summer seeds to go in. So the the thing to do is to either create a seed bed Mm -hmm. or sow into seed trays. And if you've got the space, you can set aside a separate bed for sowing your seeds. And if you're in a winter area where you need to protect your your seeds, you can sow them into seed trays and then cover them up. You create a mini greenhouse or you, you, you have a greenhouse that you can use. The thing is that they must be in a warm, sheltered area. So when you sow the seeds, they have a chance of surviving.
2: That covering up, let's, let's go into detail because, you know, when people say cover up, we all think, yeah, it's easy, I can do it. Is there a particular way of covering up and protecting your seeds?
4: I'm,
5: look, there are various different ways. I've, you can you can spend a lot of money and buy a beautiful greenhouse, and you can get various sized greenhouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can spend a smaller amount of money and get a little mini greenhouse, and those work very well. They you know they're just kind of uh, poles with shelves, and then covered with a, a, a plastic, mm-hmm. a, you know, little green green plastic with a little zipped door on the front, and you can roll up the door. Anything that just creates that moist environment. I've done various things over the years. I've done the, you know... buying a, a greenhouse with relatively cheap plastic, and it was an inexpensive greenhouse, it didn't last for long. <laughs> the, the plastic does atrophy after a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, I recycle that plastic, and I put it onto a smaller greenhouse, and mm-hmm. it, the holes that sort have of atrophied in the plastic actually provide a bit of airflow throughout, because that is a mistake that can happen. People must be aware of wind flow when you start creating these, Tunnel spaces or greenhouse spaces, mm. they can get very hot inside there. I made such a mistake the first time I, I put my greenhouse up. I was thrilled with it and I planted dozens of seed trays and way over planted, but I had the space so I did it. And September came along and you know almost on the 1st of September it, it happens, our weather changes almost overnight and we mm. suddenly our temperatures increase but we don't have the rain, so it gets very hot very quickly. Mm. And I literally just cooked every seed inside there because the temperatures <laughs> went up to about 55 degrees. <laughs> so you have to create windows somehow, whether you've got flats that you roll up or whether on your uh, uh, you know more extensive greenhouses that are made with greenhouse perspex they have come with windows that you can open. So that's something to really look out for. And And if you are growing undercover permanently, you need to look out for pests as well because they do like that environment. Uh,
2: All right, Jane, stay on the line for me, please. We're we're taking news headlines with uh, Utsila Sarko.
0: Thanks, Shadow. Good afternoon. The National Union of Mineworkers has vowed to challenge platinum producer Lonmin's plan to cut 6,000 jobs. The union has expressed shock at the plan. Lonmin is reported to have told a union in a letter that 4,500 members of the company's workforce could be laid off. The Labour Court in Johannesburg has ruled in favour of suspended IPED boss Robert McBride. The court has granted him an interdict that will stop disciplinary hearings from proceeding on Monday. And United States President Barack Obama is flying to Kenya on his first official visit to his father's home country. Obama has promised to speak bluntly against the corruption and human rights violations, especially against the persecution of gay people in Kenya. Details at 2 o'clock.
1: Otherwise on SAFM. Yeah.
2: Jane Griffiths is our gardener and we're talking about summer and spring vegetables. We need to start thinking about it but we're finding out from her where to begin. And we've just created this wonderful greenhouse. But what seeds are in there,
4: Jane?
5: Okay, at this time of the year, there, there are certain seeds that benefit only they, – they pretty much prefer being sown directly and they don't like being transplanted. So we need to avoid those. I, I prefer not to sow things like lettuce, for example, in seed trays because it's just so much easier to sow them directly and they, they grow so quickly. So what we're looking at is the ones that take a longer time to reach harvest. So we're looking at things like your peppers, mm-hmm. chilies, um, eggplant, tomatoes, uh those kind of seeds, you can sow into seed trays now. And by the time the end of August comes, the beginning of September, when it's warm enough mm-hmm. for those to be sow- transplanted out into the garden, they're already a nice size. And you're not starting from scratch at the beginning of, of, of September with a seed in mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. You're starting with the transplant. And then you've got all the benefits as well that come from sowing from seed. And they're lots. Number one, it's cheaper it's yes. much 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 cheaper to grow from seed mm-hmm. so you're saving your budget number two there's a much wider variety that is available from seed you know the nurseries they they provide and they are now nice, luckily they are providing a, an increasing range because of the demand but they cannot provide as many seeds seedlings that you can get from seeds mm-hmm. and we're very lucky. We've seen an increase in all the heirloom and organic seed companies in South Africa, and do you know go and frequent those. Uh, if you have a, if, if listeners go onto my website, janesdeliciousgarden dot com, mm-hmm. at the end, the bottom of the, the list, there's a, a things I like. Okay. Pop onto that and go and have a look at some of the seed companies and what they offer. You can get lost on those, just drooling over all the pictures and and just making that leap of seeing this beautiful vegetable on the screen and thinking, oh, that's going to be in my garden.
2: Well, that's a problem with your books.
5: <laughs> they
2: look so good. They look so good and they tell you what to do. And and then when it gets to my garden there's something I've done wrong all the time or or you know, you just want to see the same kind of picture as you pictured in your book. You just because want to click the screen and it magically <laughs> appears in
5: your garden just like that, don't we? I yeah, know, know. you so know. Good. there's a little bit of work between the click and the harvest, unfortunately. Well <laughs> I was gonna say that, you know, we all get
2: excited. I know I do. I and I do all the right things that you say you must do. But then life happens in between, you know. Yes. And if you're not if you're not careful then as
5: you say, everything can go pear shaped. Well, there are a couple of tips that I can give you for for successful seed sowing. Mm -hmm. And the first one is to start off with a a good quality seedling soil. Either buy a good quality seedling soil or make your own. Again, it's cheaper to make your own, and if you make your own, you know exactly what's in it. Mm -hmm. I tend to mix, uh, what I do is I'll mix together sieved compost, and and why I sieve it is it makes it very fine. And you have to, if you think like a seed, if, if you're smoothing out a seed uh, bed or alpha seed tray and you just roughly smooth it out and there's a little dip here and a stone there that looks like just a little dip in a stone to us as to a seed that is a deep valley mm. and a huge mountain mm. and when the water comes along all those seeds will go and cluster into that one little valley and you land end up with all your seeds growing in one spot mm. and then the other mm. spot is bare mm. so the first you know, to to sieve your compost so it's got a very fine fine compost Mix it with something that retains water. Um, you can use vermiculite, and what that does is it's little flakies, little bits of flake stuff that, that absorbs water and then releases it very, very slowly. So it's, it's keeping water into your seedling soil. Or you can use a, a, a renewable resource called Cocoa Peat, which is from all the husks of the coconut that is made into a uh, – it's chopped up and made into this very absorbent. They desalinate it, and it, it's uh, um, very absorbent. And you chop that up, and you add water to it, and it's just literally – it's like a sponge. It just absorbs the water. And you mix that with some seedling fertilizer as well, something like a, a Talborn organic seedling um seedling mix and mix those all together I mix it in a, in a um, big bucket so it's well mixed and then you smooth it very 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 smooth and again you're replicating what's happening in nature so in nature you have two, a couple of layers you've got a lower layer that is much firmer and on the top you've got a looser layer so press the lower layers down firmly and then sprinkle the loose layer on top. And then that, that loose layer is the one that you, you make the holes in for your seeds. And gently cover them up. And don't bury your seeds too deep. The rule of thumb is to bury your seeds just twice the size of the seed. So some of those, for a small seed, you're barely covering it. Because if you bury it too deep, sometimes it, it won't get the light. It needs the light to be able to see it, to be able to actually germinate so all of those things will really, and then the, the final one is water. Start off with your seedling mix being nice and moist before you even put the seeds onto it. This makes them stick, and they don't move around when you when you're busy putting them in place. And then once you've covered them up. Press them all down firmly and then mist, use a mister, either a mister on on a hose uh, setting that you can get or just a spray bottle. Don't drench them with water because then they will come out of their little hole and they'll move around. Hmm. And then after that, keep it moist. Just until they germinate, and then after that, hold back on watering. And this is one of the mistakes that a lot of people make. They have a time on a Saturday, as you say, life happens. You know, you you have time on a Saturday, great. I'm going to plant up all my seeds and you put them in. And then Sunday you water them, Monday you water them. Suddenly Tuesday, oh, you've got a conference somewhere and off you go. And then you come back on that night and then it's too late. And the next, and suddenly two days or three days go by and you haven't watered your seeds. Yeah, you will have successfully killed
2: them well that's what that's what we know we do Jane I'm going to uh, direct everyone to your website because that's really where they can get all these tips you're giving us and thank you once more for your time and enjoy the thunder hey? thank you thank you
5: enjoying the rain and everybody just keep growing it's nearly spring yes thank you so much Jane thank you Shadow
2: take care bye -bye. Bye. website again is janesdeliciousgarden.com and I tell you uh, go there or you can go and get her books as well Jane Delicious Herbs and Jane Delicious Garden all available at your very good bookstore. So to mark the 20th anniversary of the passing of theatre legend Barney Simon, the Bachelor Theatre Centre, in association with the National Arts Festival, is proud to revive his hit production, Born in the RSA. Well, here to talk to me about it, director and veteran actress Torwen Jinga talks to us after this.
1: Otherwise, on SAFM.
2: You know um togo welcome my sister how are you
4: i'm very well thank you thank you so much shadow how are you
2: i'm fine thanks and i can't wait Hmm. to see i can't wait to see the play i was at the baxter over the weekend just after uh-huh. the people were seeing uh born in, in the rsa and i uh-huh. literally saw people walk out in tears now what have you done
4: <laughs> what have you done <laughs> okay. all, all we did was to just trigger memories it's history It's what we've been going through. It's what we had been going through. But the question, the biggest question is, um, are we free from what was? You know, um, we're still swimming in the same river. We don't know whether we're going downstream or upstream. But I think people are crying because, one, the younger people just had no clue how hard the times were, and the older people just might remember, you know, certain things that happened in their lives, or what they used to read about in the newspapers. It's it's more or less that.
2: Now, tell me, it's 30 years later, it has that Mm -hmm. effect on people. So, I mean,
4: how genius was Barney Simon, hey? Oh my goodness, that man was genius. Um, You know, the the play still resonates today because Barney Simon was on a quest to find the truth in every story. You know, um, we're talking about if you were to take today's newspaper and knock out the dates... Doesn't the situations take you back? Mm. What is happening now doesn't it take you back? Mm. The Marikana, the mm. all those kind of things. Just block off the date and see if you're not you're not taken back to where you were in 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 1986, 1985. How much was That's of, of a
2: only, challenge? How much of a challenge was it for you to direct this talk?
4: My goodness. Um, Just rereading the play, I was in tears because I had to remember the woman I am playing in the play. You know, um, this woman who was in detention, everything that she went through, she she actually told me, you know, uh, which is the, the material that I took onto on, onto the play, you mm-hmm. know, um, for me it was very hard. It still. Yesterday morning, I went to the eleven o'clock show, and I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the actors. I'm listening to the material. It's still painful. Mm-hmm. It's still it's So painful. I think people are quiet during the show because they they're absorbing the pain, and I think people come out in tears because it's the, the the only release that they have at that moment. Well, I'm going to let you go
2: because I want people to mm-hmm. go and see the play and then yes, we'll please. talk to you after the whole run because I think it's going to be shown around the country. But it is at yes. the Baxter until when?
4: It's at the Baxter until the 8th of August. Okay. And the, until the 8th of August. And it's on every night? It's on, at, it's on every night and we have matinees at 11 o'clock every Wednesday and Thursday as well as 7 o'clock in the evening. And lastly, Togo, who should come and see it? Everyone, everybody. If you have a daughter and a son who's 19, 20, take that person. If you're older, go there. And and, and just, you know, the, what was lovely about Barney Simon? Barney Simon doesn't hit out, he just speaks. So that's what we do. We just talk. Well, you know. Born yes. in
2: the RSA. Thank you, my sister. Congratulations. And then well
4: done with this one. Eh? Thank you. Thank you so much, Shadow. Okay, Thank you. Okay, you take care. Thanks for having me. Okay, Bye. Bye-bye. Born in the
2: RSA, it's at the Baxter until the 8th of August. Do go and see it. I promise you. I saw people walk out in tears. And here's another story that we ought to know about, but we don't. And Jeremy Fooking is the, uh, actor, he's an actor and director, an artistic director, of the Performing Arts Center in the Free State. And they're showing Masota's dream. And he'll tell us now what who Masota was, actually.
3: Otherwise, on SAFM. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm well, and you?
2: Fine, thank you. The last time I saw you, you were going for a a, 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 a tiny, tiny uh, health work. Was it successful?
3: Very successful. I had a, what's called a spinal fusion, and when people see me walking, it's like, you were walking and you're walking upright. What? That <laughs> God's been good. I, I'm behaving myself.
2: Well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> but, but
3: the physiotherapist is hard on me. Oh, good
2: for you. Good for your physiotherapist, in fact. But it, it of course didn't come in the way of, of, uh, of producing Masote's dream.
3: Yeah, what what a a soul feeding process and production. It it just yeah, it just catches you nicely inside. And you just think, okay, if he could do that for his generation, really, what am I here for? What am I doing? He did it with notes. He didn't give up. He wanted to for a man who are self taught on how to play violin. What more would you want except to get an inspiration from that?
2: Well, you, know, you m- know, my my inspiration comes firstly because you know one forgets about these stories until they're brought back by people like yourself, and I think they're a very important uh, way of documenting these stories. But just briefly, for people who have no idea who who Masote was, um, uh, can you you know, uh, Michael Masote? Can you give us a bit?
3: Yeah. Okay. Gatema Sote was born in 1941. And he was born in Sophia Town, so-called Kofifi. And then, of course, they were forcibly removed in 1955. Now, he was inspired by seeing Yehudi Menuhin playing. And he just wanted, at the age of 14, he wanted to play a violin. That's it. I want to play violin, and then he just f- to try to find uh, people who could teach him. There was no one in the township, so he knocked on a few houses and eventually somebody says, "No, you know, come work with my garden boy, and I'll teach you mm-hmm. maybe we'll let's see what happens and Eventually, when they see and hear him playing, they said, no, no 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 man, there's talent here." and they teach him a few things, but then when he can't get into the schools, he eventually goes overseas to get his uh, studies. And and then he comes back. He founded the Soweto Youth Orchestra, Mabatu Youth Orchestra, mm-hmm. Black Smoke Youth, Black Stop Youth Orchestra, Seventh-day Adventist. And then of course, a lot of people will remember him for being the first person to translate the Messiah into 11 local languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what more would you want? The, it wasn't just about the violin. about It was also about the voices that accompanied it. But the one story that really got to me was, you know how in our days when I shared those, the <laughs> 70s, mm-hmm. there were roadblocks all the time. Mm-hmm. You are guilty for not doing anything. And so they stop him at some point and they say, what's that? He says, it's a violin. Oh, really? You know how to play that? He says, yeah. So, okay, play us something. He plays something. And then eventually they say, okay, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't you play us Sarimare? And he plays Sarimare because he's heard it on the radio and so on. And they say, whoa, oh, that's nice, that's nice, whoa, whoa. And then they call the others and say, come listen to Sari Mare, listen to the Kafir playing Sari Mare. And he plays Sari Mare, and that's what rescued him. They said, okay, that's enough, you can go. <laughs> so, so stories like that tell you where we come from. He would not give up on his dream hmm. to play. A violin. and then of course he got married to his wife Meshila, who um, who comes from a political family, mm. and so that relationship gives birth to all kinds of dynamics that says it's not notes for notes' sake. They gotta do something. They gotta mean something. They gotta contribute to our journey to finding our freedom, yeah. and so. It's gone from generation to generation to generation.
2: Masoda's dream is that the Soweto Theater went tonight?
3: It's tonight. Uh, it's Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, there's a matinee. I think it's about 2 p.m. So we left with three for Soweto. And then we move on to Velkom, yeah. where we will be from the, for the 31st and the 1st.
2: Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to go down very well. It, and please bring it to Cape Town, because I think it's important that we see it as well.
3: But, but Jerry, you, so you, you talk to the management there, but I tell you, everyone just loves the gentle story told through notes.
2: Well, I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Brigeri. Thank you so much for, for talking to us, and congratulations on bringing it to our attention. Thank you so much.
3: Great. Thanks for, for talking to me, Shadow.
2: Okay. Take, take care. Take care. So if you're in Soweto, Soweto Theatre, go and see Masote's dream. Uh, he was incredibly known as wa Mino, a man of music. It is now time for Nalibal.